Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Minutes with Mew. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri, presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. And I'd like to remind everybody before we get with Scott Mutrin, if you're a BC football fan, you need to join the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get some details. All right, joined once again by Scott Mutrin. You know him as the BC Learfield IMG sideline reporter. Uh, BC, obviously a bye week, so remain scheduled uh, three and three right now. First of all, Scott, how was your uh, week off? Weekend off? Uh, it was uh, it was enjoyable. Got to uh, get a lot of stuff done around the house that I was asked to do. Got to spend time some time with my children, which was always nice. Uh, to spend some time with them, and uh, they were off from their athletic events, so it was some good QT family time, some uh, you know basketball in the driveway. We did make it to the Heights to watch the Eagles play the Badgers of Wisconsin in, in men's hockey, and that was an absolutely great game to watch with some amazing talent on the uh, on the ice on both sides of the uh, both sides of the benches, and that was a great experience. Uh, so. Uh, it, it was it was a fun yet busy weekend, and it was good to kind of recharge the batteries. But I still had to do some quote unquote scouting by uh, you know watching some of these other games, so I was prepared kind of for the rest of the year for BC. There you go, no days off for Scott Mutrin. Uh, but taste hey, of all, Scott, good news for that that weekend sounds like a fun time. But bad news from the Heights on Monday is Steve Adazio confirmed what we pretty much knew, I think, and believed. Uh, Anthony Brown uh, out for the season, lower leg injury. It seems like it was the opposite leg uh, from two years ago. Just your thoughts, and I guess what is it like? Take us into your QB, former QB. What do you think is going through Anthony Brown's uh, mind right now? Well, the first reaction usually is, uh, why me and why again? It seems to be a similar injury to the, to the opposite knee that he hurt last time. He was just starting to get comfortable again running the football and a non-contact injury where pretty much is the same kind of move he made last time and uh it's frustrating for him you're 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 at a big point of the season in a game where he was playing well at the time and you feel like it can maybe catapult you for the rest of your season and now your season's over and you have to go through surgery and rehab and all that stuff is a real mental grind and the toughest part of having a major injury that I've had some myself is that it's, it's, it's a, it's a lonely time period. You're really, um, you're really kind of rehabbing by yourself. You're, you're alone. You're, you know, you're fixing, uh, your body and your mentally, your mental health is just as part of the physical health. So it's a frustrating time for you. So you really have to focus on, on getting healthy and working through the program and, and all that. And, and it's tough. So, you, you feel bad for Anthony, and it's just one of those things that you just got to come back and really focus on the rehab and be able to battle 
battle through these things and mentally and physically get better and, and learn from it. And, and, and that's kind of your course of action. You can't change what happened. You got to focus, uh, you got to focus on the future and focus on getting better. And then what do you think from a BC coaching perspective? Uh, what, what's the mindset for the coaching staff and the game plan wise? Um, I, I think that they're, they're going to run their offense. BC's going to run what they do. They, they know what Dennis does. Dennis Grossell does, and they're going to be able to, you know, tailor that offense to, you know, work on his skill set and to help him flourish under the system with the talent that's there. You got great running backs that that are back there, and you got some good guys on the perimeter. And with that offensive line, it should be easy for if you're Dennis Grossell. Your job is to like, man, I'm just a part of this machine. My job is like, I'm a point guard. I'm I'm giving the ball to the guys that need the ball giving it to my playmakers and let them do their job. I don't need to be a hero. I just need to play my position, put us, you know, put the offense in the right place, get the protections, throw the ball on time and accurately and do my part. That's how you have to look at it. You can't look at it as you got to do something more or, or be, you know, be something that you're not. He's not going to be Anthony Brown. He's going to be himself and he's got to play that way, be comfortable in his own skin and just go out and do his job and, and, and really help the offense get on track and, and do what they need to do. There's plenty of talent on that side of the ball. Uh, he just has to do his part where where he's counted on and just make sure he's mentally sharp. BC now 3-3 three and three after the bye week. Not where you want to be, obviously. They want to be ahead of that, Mark. Uh, but uh, have a bye week. Now NC State comes in. The Wolfpack, they were off as well. Um, what, what Tell us, the fans, what we can expect from NC State. Always a tough division matchup uh, for the Eagles, whether it's home or down in Raleigh. Well, you know, from what you heard, they have, uh, they have a solid defensive line, some big guys up front, and some very aggressive and athletic linebackers. Uh, some teams have had some success throwing the football on them. But you kind of look at the teams that they've played, and I would say, you know, the best teams that they've played, they're – with West Virginia and, and Syracuse, it's some of those, you know, some of those teams are just not really built like Boston College is built. And it's going to be interesting to see how, how they handle the type of offense that you're going to see from Boston College, a physical downhill running attack with, you know, multiple tight ends. They're going to run with some pace, but it's not a team that's looking to get the ball to the perimeter and create one-on-one matchups. They're looking to just beat you up and get into a street fight. So it's going to be interesting to see how North Carolina State handles that. Now, if Boston College can stay on the field offensively and do what they want and what they're you know built for, then you can wear down a defense like that. But it's going to be interesting to see because they're uh, you know they're designed to stop the run. They're they're not they have not really given up a ton of rushing yards. But I think some of that can be deceived based on kind of the the, the teams in, in which they've played so far. Um, there could be some opportunities to throw the ball, uh, but that, I, I don't think you're going to see a VC change their identity too much. They're going to try to find stuff that works for Dennis, but I don't think that they're going to try and and do something you know outside the ordinary or something you know crazy. I think they're just going to be focused on being a better version of who they are. Yeah, I was, and I correction. Uh, NC State beat Syracuse a, a week ago, Thursday, October tenth, by a score of sixteen to ten. So NC State's four and two, one and one overall. So once again, Scott, you know this is a critical, critical uh, mid-season conference matchup. Yeah, it's a big game for Boston College because you look at the rest of the schedule, and if you want to get into a bowl game, this is a game that you have to win. 
Um, so they, they need to be able to find a way to be successful and, and score some points and keep them off the board. They, offensively, they're struggling. You know, they, they, they think they found a quarterback. Uh, they've, they've tried some different guys at that position, so it, it'll be interesting to see if, if uh, you know, if they're ready to go along those lines. They they struggled against Florida State. They gave up a lot of passing yards in that game, so you know you see that, and you see um, you see some some opportunities maybe in the passing game for BC. But uh, defensively, I think you're gonna it's it's a battle of you know, how much BC has made some adjustments. Is there going to be some personnel changes, some schematic changes coming from this bye week? Uh, maybe some different guys that you expect to play this week. I don't know. But I, I imagine you're going to see some changes from BC in the defensive end after coming out of that bye week. Okay, let's take a look. During the bye week, you mentioned you did some studying last weekend. What did you see within the ACC conference, Scott? Uh, some, some pretty good games. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Yeah, I mean, you, you started out with that Syracuse-NC State game, which wasn't a really great offensive game. Both teams kind of struggled there to get some points going. NC State got a lead, and they actually get a touchdown pass from a wide receiver. Uh, and then you see N- NC State, uh, you know, they get after the quarterback. That's, you know, something that you, we didn't really mention earlier, but they got eight sacks against Syracuse. They had eight sacks the week before, so that pass rush is going to be a concern for for BC, I'm sure, and then you you watch the Coastal Division where it seems like every time the, a favorite pops up, he they lose the next week, and that was Virginia losing to Miami in that game. Miami really you know bounced back and and defensively had a great game there. Um, Duke you know put Georgia Tech away, and and then Clemson really kind of answered the pundits to saying that they weren't winning by enough by coming out and putting out a great game versus. Uh, Florida State and kind of putting them away early, so that was uh, that was interesting to see kind of some of those teams on on the rest of the schedule, and then the track meet that was Louisville and Wake Forest, where you have what is that 121 combined points put up in that game. So not a lot of defense there on Saturday night. I think that game took forever, but uh, you know offensive explosion and you know Wake Forest knocked off from the unbeaten ranks, but. Some good quality teams there. I think some teams that are struggling identity-wise, and and it's going to be interesting to see BC. You know, has some chances here late in the season if they can figure out some of these issues on defense and 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 don't skip a beat on offense. They can they can factor in and get some W's in the second half of the season. Yeah, sixty-two fifty-nine. Louisville came on top, so that's interesting. BC's last two losses between those two teams. They do a track meet, so you know there's definitely advantage to have out there. And Virginia Tech, twenty-four to seventeen over Rhode Island. Rhode Island gave them a uh, kind of a uh, scare. But how about just talking about trends, Scott? Virginia Tech and Florida State, two perennial strong programs over the years, really have come on hard times in the, the recent memory in the ACC. What do you think? Do you think it's a culture thing? Do you, what, I mean, new head coaches, yes. But it's just amazing how quickly they fall. Yeah, it's kind of 
grabbed me by surprise. Justin Fuente at uh, Virginia Tech was a very sought-after coach a couple years ago when Virginia Tech got him, and it was it was viewed as a coup because there were some programs that were in on him, and uh, they seem to really be struggling these last couple years, whether it's personnel, and I know they had a lot of transfers coming out, and now with Bud Foster retiring, there's maybe an identity crisis at that school, but you know, they have the facilities and the ability to compete, and it, that's, that's a questionable one. Florida State is another one where you have a lot of talent in the state of Florida, but I think that, you know, Jimbo Fisher was frustrated with lack of movement along the lines of building facilities down there. Uh, I think they may be, you know, behind in the arms race there, for lack of a better term, and getting some, some quality facilities there. But Willie Taggart, do you expect a Florida guy to come in and really – you know, not skip a beat, and they've really struggled at the quarterback position. Their offensive line has really gone on some hard times, and it's tough to see at a Florida State where they have such great athletes that they're just not performing at the level that they're accustomed to, and whether it's trying to get everybody on the same page and getting Willie Taggart, his group of guys in there, or if this is, this is a downtrend, I don't know, but there, there's definitely some concern at, at Florida State. Uh, going in right now as to what exactly they have there and if they're able, they're able to, get to turn it around. I mean, for the love of God, they had a kid that wanted to sell lemonade to pay out and buy out the coach there. So, I mean, there's there's definitely some concern at Tallahassee. And they have a little less patience than we do up here in Chestnut Hill but uh, for, for wins. and So, you're right. There's going to be a lot of pressure, I think, both in Tallahassee and Blacksburg over the next year or so. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think they're all hands on deck and, you know, BC gets them up here in November, and it's starting to turn fall and get cold. You know, those are the type of games that you, you you look forward to playing as a BC guy because you actually get them in your element instead of usually going down to Florida where it's 85 degrees and you haven't seen that weather for a couple months. You get to you know the other the shoe on the other foot and get them to experience some of the cold weather. So, all right, Scott, just to wrap it up, let's go nationally. Big time loss at home, Georgia to South Carolina. Wow, that was surprising. Also, LSU uh, beats Florida at home, a nice win uh, for them. And then, you know, across the board, Alabama wins. And Notre Dame, a pretty good win against USC. Just your thoughts overall nationally. Yeah, there were some good games, I would say. The uh, Notre Dame game was was pretty good. I, I didn't expect USC to be able to hang around with Notre Dame. than what it was. USC did battle and they played pretty tough, but I, I kind of felt Notre Dame's a lot better team uh, in that aspect. And, you know, the South Carolina-Georgia game, that actually helps the ACC because you have South Carolina, a team with 3-3, three and three, but they've lost to North Carolina, and that's the team that Clemson barely, uh, you know, barely won against. So, you know, you get Georgia losing to that team if you start doing the you know, the, the trickle-down effect or the Kevin Bacon effect that they can into it. This, the degrees of separation. So that, that was an interesting one that's changed some, some things up in, in that side of the conference. And then, you know, it's just you're watching the transformation of LSU becoming an offensive juggernaut led by Joe Burrow. And, and what a what a great game that was. And, you know, the comeback for LSU to put up those points. And then the Red River uh, rivalry yep. where Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, kind of really – Controlled that game versus Texas most of the time, and that was a pretty impressive win by uh, by Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts. I don't know about you, but watching that game, I couldn't 
shake that memory of the bowl game last year in the Cotton Bowl Stadium and get those thoughts of lightning out of my mind while I was watching that game from a BC perspective. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was definitely, I am in no rush to hustle back to the Cotton Bowl just because <laughs> of our last experience. Not because I didn't enjoy the time, but just from our last experience. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in no rush because I, I just didn't enjoy that, that, that lightning, that experience and canceling a game. So uh, you're right. That, that was, that was uh, not good memories as well. But hey, Scott, we're really exciting. Thanks so much for coming on. Any final thoughts? Are you gearing up for this week? And what's your plan the night before for dinner, uh, then Friday night before NC State? You know, that's a good question. I don't know if I'm going out. Maybe because it's an earlier game, have dinner around the house, and uh, you got to get up early for that 12 o'clock kick. But, uh, you know, maybe grab a quick bite to eat and celebrate a little belated anniversary with my wife because we didn't really go out on our anniversary yesterday. So there maybe you I'll go. take her out to dinner and do something nice. But, uh this could be an interesting game for BC. It's a really pivotal game. They really need to – if they expect to get to a bowl game, this is a game that they're going to need to win. So you got to expect BC to pull out all the stops offensively and defensively just to get that W. And this – I would expect that you're not going to expect pretty. This isn't going to be 62-59, to 59, but this is going to be a put up your dukes and, uh, you know, throw a bunch of blows, and whoever's standing there in the street fight at the end is going to be the winner. All right, Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Another Minutes with Mew. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks, Mike. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.